Hallelujah. In the presence of God, can we just lift our hands? Can we, those who have the ability, the strength, just to stand on your feet? He gave us the strength to get out of our bed this morning. Amen. The ability to get out of our bed this morning. Amen. And even just that in and itself is worthy of praise. Amen. But when we look back over our lives and we even look back over the past couple of hours, amen, and the fact that we could have been taken out at a moment's notice, and he is still keeping us. Can I get someone to give him he's still keeping me praise? During the midst of my stuff, <laughs> he's still keeping me. In the midst of my mess-ups, he's still keeping me. In the midst of me saying I'd never do it again, and I did it, and he's still keeping me. I don't measure up. I don't, I don't, I don't look the part. I don't sound the part. But he still loves me. Can I get a he still loves me praise? Come on now. It's easy to it's easy to praise him with your hands. But can you praise him with your heart on this morning? Can you give him that intimate part of you this morning? The part that nobody else sees. Can you give him that on this morning and give him praise for that? Come on now. Come on now. I, you know, they say that worship is acknowledgement of who he is. And praise is acknowledgement of what he has said. So can you just give him praise for who he is and Praise for what he said. Can we just be grateful on this morning? Amen. I, every minute of the day, we need to be grateful for who God is in our life and what he has spoken in our lives. Amen. Because, yeah, we've met some people in our lives who have let us down. We've met some people who've lied to us. But God is a man who has never lied to you and who's never let you down. And so that deserves just some type of praise that just break this whole place up. Amen. I need you to look to your neighbor and say, you're looking at a survivor. You're looking at someone who overcame. You're looking at a miracle, amen. Yeah, we thank our praise team. Y'all can sit down, go on, sit down. Go on, sit down. Thank Pastor LaShawn for sitting in with the praise team on this morning, amen. She still got it, amen. Thank you for our musicians, our praise team, and our ushers. We thank you for you for being in the house on this morning, amen. This communion Sunday, this first Sunday of November, amen. And I am grateful for the opportunity to be before you and to speak to you on this morning, amen. I pray that. God will deliver a word to his people on this morning, Lord, that will commit change in their lives. Amen. I, we say this all the time, but I just believe that somebody comes every Sunday looking for a change in some aspect of their life. They're not satisfied or they're not 
happy with certain things and they just want change, amen. And I, I celebrate those people who are still holding on for change, amen. Amen. If you will go to your Bibles on this morning, amen. And I always say I don't want to be before you long, amen, because I want to give you the word and I want you to digest the word, amen, and allow the word to transform and change your life, amen, to meditate on the word of God. I think sometimes we come to church and we sit in church, but we're not in church, amen. We're just passing time, amen, and I think that we need to be purposeful and we need to be deliberate about every time we crack the doors of church, amen. In our Bible, we'll go to the book of Mark. We'll begin at the 31st verse, then we'll end at the 37th verse, amen. Can we give Pastor LaShawn Singleton a hand clap of praise on this morning? Mark the 8th chapter, the 31st verse, amen, and we'll begin, and, it's, and it reads, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke this word openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned around and looked at his disciple, he rebuked Peter saying, get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Verse 34 says, when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, and the Gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Amen, amen, amen. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us just another day, Lord, to come to your place of worship, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that resides in this place on this morning. We pray, Lord, that as your Holy Spirit is in this place, Lord, that deliverance is in this place as well, that salvation, that freedom is in this place, that healing is in this place, Lord, that change is in this place, Lord. So, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you come in like a mighty, rushing, mighty wind, Lord, and that you blow into this place, Lord. We pray right now, Lord, that you would ignite a fire on the inside of your people. We pray right now, Lord, that they will be forever changed. We pray right now, Lord, and we declare, Lord, that your will will be your will will be had in this place on today. Not our will, but your will be done in this place, Lord. I pray right now, Lord, as I decrease that you increase in me, Lord, and that your word comes forth with boldness and with with clarity, Lord, so that those that are on the sound of my voice, Lord, will have no problem but to receive. We thank you all for all those things that you're about to do in this place on this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, 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 amen. As we look at our text on this morning, we see Jesus and 
excuse me, Jesus is talking, he's conferring with some people. He's conferring with his disciples and he's conferring with people that have come and have been following him. Amen. And as we look at this at the very beginning, it says that he begins to teach them. Amen. And I think it's important that we look at this because there are a lot of people that have been following Jesus, but they don't know who Jesus is. And so Jesus takes the time to use the language and call himself the son of man. And it's important that we look at this because when you look throughout the Bible and the son of man is used about 80 times. And whenever the son of man is used, it refers to the true nature of why he is here. It calls for him to be a Messiah. Amen. Now, Jesus has been doing things. He's been delivering people. He's been healing people. He's been uh, giving people sight. He's been curing people of leprosy. Amen. And that's wonderful. Amen. But people have lost sight of who Jesus, who Jesus truly is. Jesus, Jesus was sent to be the Messiah. Jesus was sent to die for our sins. Amen. And so for us to get a true understanding of what a disciple is, we need to understand what the Messiah, who the Messiah is. Amen. You can't know what discipleship is if you don't know what messiahship is. You don't know what discipleship looks like if you don't know what the Messiah looks like. Amen. And so Jesus, uh, very earlier, amen, as we go back to uh, 27, uh, 827, Mark 827, Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples, and he asks a very simple question. Who do men say that I am? And they come up with all type of things, amen, as to who people say Jesus is. But for us, the most important and most intimate part of this is the second part of this. And we ask, who do you say I am? And I'm here to tell you that if you are still worshiping just the God of the Bible, what does that profit you? What does that profit you? If your understanding of God is only through what you read through the Bible, what does that profit you? You know who he's been in other people's lives, and you know what he's done in other people's lives, but who do you say I am? Where's your witness? Where's your testimony? He was good for my grandma. He was good to granddaddy. He delivered mama. He delivered daddy, but... Who do you say I am? Are you getting by off of somebody else's discipleship? Or have you formed your own following of Christ? Amen. And so we, we get an understanding, and, and Peter says, you are the Christ. And what's funny about this is that Jesus said, okay, don't tell nobody that. He strictly forbids them from telling anybody of what was said. And why is that? Because as I stand up here and as Pastor LaShawn stands up here and as other preachers and teachers stand and, and they give you the word of God, we can explain it to you, but we can't understand it for you. You have to develop a relationship for yourself. And I don't care how many times I tell you that God is good. It won't register you to register to you until you see God being good in your life. I can't tell you, I can tell you how many times God has delivered me. 
but it's personal to you when he delivers you. I could tell you how many times God has healed me. But what does that profit you? What advantage is that to you? We have to develop a relationship with God for ourselves, and we have to understand the true nature, who God is. Amen? Because God, because Je- well, let's, 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 let's talk about Jesus, because this is what we're talking about in, in, in this text. Jesus wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to do all these things for you. But the best thing and the greatest thing that God, that Jesus wants to do for you is to save you. Because he can heal you today. But what happens next week? What happens next year? If you don't have a true relationship with God, if you do not receive him and you do not, do not receive the Holy Spirit, because when you release, receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power. And some of the things that you're going through, you don't have to look to Jesus for. Because you have received power, you have power over your situation. I don't have to call Brother Carl to pray for me when my prayers are effective. I don't have to call uh, 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 Elder Sylvia to come lay hands on me. When I have the power of healing in me, I have the anointing of healing in me, amen. So we have to develop a relationship with Jesus, and we have to understand the true nature of Jesus. As we look at verses 31, we see that he began to tell them that he will begin to uh, suffer, because, and he will begin to be rejected. And I come to tell you, and, and I want to use a, a, a subject of carrying on for this, for this sermon, amen? Carrying on. And I believe that the way we carry ourselves sometimes is because of what's being said in this verse right here. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes. And I believe that for some of us, the reason why we are suffering some of the things that we are suffering and, and, and the reason why we carry ourselves the way we carry ourselves is because of rejection. Because of rejection, we suffer some things in our life. We suffer depression. Because we've been rejected, amen? We suffer uh, low self-esteem because we've been rejected, amen? And this is a problem, amen, but not for Jesus because he understands because he understands that this is part of his journey. And for some of us, I need you to understand that part of your journey is to go through some hard stuff. And when you can't get it by going through hard stuff, God puts hard people in your way. Because sometimes we can't make the decision by going through hard stuff. Sometimes hard people have to make the decisions for us. Sometimes it takes a bad relationship to get you out of that relationship. That person truly showing themselves who they are before you can leave that relationship. Amen. Before you begin to get some things about you and before God can, 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 the things that are planted on the inside of you can begin to grow and to, and, and to sprout and to blossom, we got to go through some stuff. It's not by, you can't get it easy. 
Anybody who is a Christian, anybody who is a believer knows that this road is not easy. And the reason why I got to where I am is because of some hard stuff, some hard lessons. Amen. And so Jesus is outlining this and, and, and he began to speak openly about this. Amen. He ain't scared about it. He's talking about this. Amen. Because he understands that this is the route I have to go. And so as we go to 34 and, and, and through 37, and I want to talk about profit. I want to talk about profit. What is profit? Profit means the benefit of something, amen. It means the advantage of something, amen. What is the benefit or the advantage of us going through some hard things in our lives? What is it that God is trying to get out of our lives by us going down this route, amen? So Jesus said, whoever does, who desires to come after me, let him deny himself. He have to, you have to deny yourself, amen? And what does deny yourself mean? To deny yourself mean? Deny means to disregard all personal interests and enjoyments, to disown and renounce self. That means that everything that I find joy in, I have to give up if I want to follow Jesus. Anything that brings me enjoyment in my flesh. The word tells us that all have fallen short. Amen. All have fallen short. All have fallen short. All fall short to the glory of God. Amen. I'm speaking in tongues up here. <laughs> we all fall short, amen. And because of that, amen, we all have sinned and we all fall short. But the wages of sin is death, amen. And so the Bible is telling us that if we give up our life to Jesus and we give up our life for the gospel, that means that there's good news even though we have sinned and we have fallen short. And sin is in our future, and death is in our future. Jesus is reconciling us with the Father. The Bible tells us that God so loved us that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him will have eternal life. Amen. The Bible also tells us that God demonstrated his great love toward us, by e that, by, that while we were yet sinners, he sent his son to die for us. He sent Christ to die for us. Amen. So what does that mean? I'm closing my eyes because I see some people and I, I need to close my eyes. What does that mean? That means that although I have done some things in my life, although I have gone through some things in my life, although I have failed in my life, although I have I've, I've disappointed God in my life, he still loved me enough to send his son, not to exact judgment on me, but because of his grace and his mercy and his love toward me to bring, him back, bring me back to him. And I love this because so often we, 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 we say that if I could, I'd take it away from you. Your sickness or your pain, I, I, if I could, I'd take it from you so you wouldn't have to do it anymore. And my wife, I love her to death, and I know my wife would do anything for me. And if I was going through, she would take it away from me, but she can't. But we have a Savior who stepped from glory, who came down to heaven, 
came down from heaven, who became God among us, Emmanuel, who took on all our sins, took it to the cross, and bore them so that we can have eternal life and be reconciled with the Father. What type of God is that that would leave glory, step down into earth, someone who knew no sin, and accept our death penalty? What kind of Savior is that, that time after time after time, even after we have received him, and we still mess up, that the blood is still fresh enough to cover all that we've done? What kind of God is that? What kind of God is that? And so we look at this, and we, we, we look at profit, amen. And profit is the excess of the selling price over the cost of something. And as Essek was, was singing that song, and it's amazing how the Holy Spirit works, because in that song there's one line that I truly love, and it says, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. And when we look at the word profit, what it says is the excess of selling price over the cost. And so for some of us, I need us to understand that you're selling yourself too short. You're selling yourself too short. God, Jesus has paid a price that you could put no, you could put no price upon. And yet we're out here and we're allowing ourselves to sell ourselves short. I see some people's Instagrams. I see some people's social medias, amen. And what I see is that you're selling yourself short by the things that you say and the things that you do and the things that you're showing on Instagram. And, that's the, re and the reason why is because you don't understand your book value. You don't understand your worth. Because if you understood your worth, there are certain things that you would not allow in your life. If you understood your worth, there are some certain people you would not allow in your life. But you don't understand your book value, your Kelly Blue book value, amen? What is book value? Book value is something that is the price that you get if you sell something or you trade something in, amen? And for us, there's a trade-in value sometimes when you want to get something better, amen? And for a lot of us, our trade value is zero. Our trade value is bad, amen? Your trade value sometimes is impacted by sometimes if you've been in an accident. And, as I, 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 and I can be transparent enough, and, and I need you to hear this, everyone to hear this. Your trade value is affected by accidents, and all of us have been victims of head-on collisions in our lives. If we look spiritually at the, at the condition of our, of our lives, we will see all type of dents and, 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 and all type of things on us as a result of the collisions that we've been in. And so you want a 2019 or a 2020, and you got a 2016 that's got a bunch of miles on it, Men and women. <laughs> Bunch of miles on it. Amen. It's falling apart. <laughs> it ain't been taken care of. It's dirty on the inside. 
Might not have been washed in a while. <laughs> Need an alignment. <laughs> but we want the best things from God. God, like, what you got to trade me? What you got to trade for what you asking me for? Because there's nothing in life that's free. If you're dealing with the enemy or if you're dealing with God, there's a trade that you have to give. You're giving a little bit of yourself, and you're receiving a little bit of what you're getting. Amen? And so what I'm asking you on today, what do you have to trade? Do you have anything good to trade? Do you got some equity in that thing? Do you have a down payment? For most of us, spiritually, we got bad credit. <laughs> and we need a cosigner. Ergo, Jesus. Jesus is our cosign, amen? amen? Because we can't get it on our own. <laughs> I can't get this blessing on my own. I can't get this healing on my own. I got bad credit with God. I ain't paid my tithes, so I owe him money. <laughs> I ain't giving him my time. I ain't giving him all my effort. But yet, I want something from him. I got bad credit with God, amen? But Jesus is the credit repair, amen? He the credit doctor. My brothers and sisters, we are not to live in accordance to the world in which we live, but we are to live in preparation for the world to come. We must live like we're getting ready, because if we look at the reality of the situation, reality of the situation through the spirituality of the situation, time is getting near. Why are we interested in the fame of this world when God has promised us glory? And that's the problem. We, we so interested in what's going on in this world and getting the things of this world that we forget that God has promised us glory. And because of that, we are compromising our glory for the fleeting 10 to 15 minutes of the fame of this world. God is saying that if you want to live eternally, if you want an eternal life, you have to give up an earthly life. There has to be a sacrifice. And so God is saying that, that, that we must pick up our cross and we must follow him. And, and I began to think about this because he calls the disciples over as he's talking to the people in this text. And he's telling them that there's a greater sacrifice that you have to give. And you look at the disciples who were with him and the very first four were fishermen, amen, and, 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 and they had given up their livelihood and they had given up their family. And now Jesus is telling them there's even more that you have to give up. You have to give up your life. And so for some of us, and you look at Andrew, I mean, uh, Peter and Andrew, they walked off the job. They had an encounter with Jesus and Jesus said, come and follow me. I'll make you fishermen of men. They, they walked off the job, and they never looked back, amen. And he looked at, and, 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 and there's more that I have to give. There's more that I have to do. That wasn't enough. So you mean coming to church on Sunday ain't enough? I got to come on Wednesday too? Yes, you do. You need to. You mean I, I, I tithe, but I got to tithe and give offering? Yeah. Yeah, you, you got to do that. 
I pray at church. You mean I got to pray at home too? I read the Bible at church. I got to read the Bible at home too? Yes. Yes. There's, there's, there's more required. And for some of us, I think that we become stagnant and not we're not growing, amen, because we think we're doing the bare minimum and that's going to get us over. And for some of us, the reason why you're getting the bare minimum blessings is because you're doing the bare minimum. If you want more from God, you have to do more for God, amen? And, and sometimes your time is the first thing that you have to give. You have to give up your time. You have to make time for God. God says, I'm going to make all things work for your good. So that means that we can't make all our good work for him. We can't make our time work for him. We can't make our energies work for him. We can't do any of that for the one who's making everything work for my good, even my mess-ups for my good, my shortcomings for my good, the backstabbing for my good, the treachery for my good. You mean all these things that people are doing to me and I'm doing to myself, you're going to work at for my good. And I can't give you 20 minutes in the morning of praying? Is that an even trade? Who's profiting from that? Us or God? Who profit from going to the cross? Us or Jesus? But yet Jesus went to the cross without murmuring or complaining for us. And we go to church murmuring and complaining. We go to Wednesday night sometimes, murmuring and complaining. We give our tithes, murmuring and complaining. Okay. We're going to get off of that. But I love this because your exchange is your trade-in, and your soul is your life. And so God is saying, or Jesus is saying right here and now, is all the things that you're getting from the world worth your life? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Because with the money of the world, with the fame of the world, comes the problem of the world. With the things of God comes the blessings of God, comes the keeping of God, the protection, the provision of God. So you have to make a decision that if you're going to run after God or you're going to have to run after the world, what is your decision? And he's saying that you got to die to self. You have to carry your cross. And the cross was a form of crucifixion in, 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 the, Roman, in the Roman Empire during the Roman days. Crucifixion was made for slaves. It, was made for, it wasn't for people who were citizens or people who were free. It was, a, it was a punishment that was devoted to people who were looked at as the lower part of class. It was torment. It was meant for torment and it was meant for humility. I mean, uh, 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 to humili humiliate people. And so when a person was condemned to death, they had to carry their cross. And the route that they was taken was a route that was busy. It was crowded so that everybody can see 
this person carrying this cross. And for some of us, it seems as though the things that we go through in life, that everyone is watching us as we're carrying the things that we're carrying. We can't hide it from people, amen? It seems like God puts us on front street and we're having to carry these things out in front of these people. We got to carry disappointment. We got to carry frustration, amen? And, and people are watching this as, as Christians because as Christians, we're taught that or, or, or it's taught that you are blessed and you're highly favored and you don't go through anything. You don't, you don't uh, uh, suffer anything. But I'm here to tell you as a Christian, that's a lie. And the problem is God will use you as the greatest chalkboard in history. He will use your life as a chalkboard. He will use your life as a diagram. And he will show the world how to work out problems through your life. He will show people how to work out depression through your life. He will show people how to work out uh, 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 anger through your life, how to deal with anger. He will show people how to come out of cancer through your life, how to have faith in your life. Amen. Your life is the greatest classroom that some people will ever get to attend. Because they see how God is working things out for your good. And sometimes it's not fair. But I'm glad that God, God doesn't treat us through fairness and he treats us through favor. Because if he treated us fairly, there's nobody here that deserved to be here. But because of his favor, because of his favor and his love, God gives us opportunity after opportunity to get it right, even when we get it wrong. And so God is telling them, you have to exchange some stuff. And the cross is the place where you exchange that thing. It is said that Jesus' cross weighed 300 pounds. 300 pounds. So what that means is that there is something that you're carrying that other people don't have the strength to carry. 300 pounds. And so the cross is the place where you die and Christ lives. The cross is the place where the way that you talk dies and the way that Christ wants you to talk lives. The cross is the place where the way that you normally would act dies and the way that God wants you to act lives. The cross is the place that you have to carry with you every day, every day so that you can exercise the demons, so that you can crucify your flesh. When you go to work, you have to carry your cross because there are people on your job that will treat you like who you used to be. And because the way you used to be is the person that will cuss them out, you have to carry your cross so that you can kill that part of you. Your cross is the thing that you have to carry home sometimes because the cross is because certain way that you used to act with your spouse, or you used to act with your kids, you have to put it on the cross. And you have, to, you have to crucify that thing every day. We have to crucify our flesh every day. And the way that we crucify our flesh is our cross. Amen? We have to carry our cross around with us everywhere that we go. Because that old you will pop up. Look, let me tell you something. People will try you. People will try you. That's their job to try you. Matter of fact, they, 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 they are employee of the month. Their picture's on the wall and everything. 
for trying you. That's their job. They and they love to try you. They try you in the grocery store. They try you at the at the light place. They try you at school. They try you. Amen. I was a person who loved to cuss. Thank God for deliverance. And that's not to say that that cussing spirit don't try to get at me sometimes. We can be honest on today, amen? But I carry my cross with me so that whenever I feel the need to want to cuss, when that cussing spirit want to rise up on the inside of me, my cross is ready. Amen? Some people forego carrying their cross from wearing their cross around their neck. And that cross around your neck <laughs> ain't going to stop you from cussing, amen? I know some folks that cuss you out with a, with a, with a chain around their neck, with a church shirt on their back, <laughs> and a Bible in their hand, amen? But we need our cross, y'all. Daily we have to put ourselves daily on the altar, and we have to put daily crucify our flesh on the cross. That... Look, the flesh, that's a bad booger. He want to come out every time. He's just like roaches. They want to come out every time something going on. Amen? <laughs> and just like you crucify that roach, you got to crucify that flesh. Amen? And just like that roach, that flesh is hard to kill. You can step on a roach 12 times. <laughs> Spraying with raid. Throw some water on him, and before you go to get some tissue to pick him up, he gone. <laughs> that flesh is the same type of way, y'all. Just because you crucified that flesh one day, that flesh is resilient. Every opportunity he sees, a, if he sees a, 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 a gap to get in, that's where he's coming. He stays with you because it's you. You... I don't know how long you've been saved, but if you've been cussing 20 years of your life, sometimes that's hard to put down. Sometimes that's hard to walk away from. If you've been smoking weed for 20 years of your life, some people can't quit in one day. Amen? If you've been gossiping for 20 years, 25 years, if that's the way that you talk, it's hard not to gossip every day. That's why you have to have people around you who know who you are and say, look, come on now. I, I don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about God. Let's don't talk about people. Amen. You have, you have to be intentional about the people that you hang out with. You know if somebody that you hang out with love to gossip. And you know it don't take much for them to get started. <laughs> you know that. So that's why you have to be intentional about who you keep around you to keep you on track amen that's why i don't hang around with a lot of folks amen a lot of folks in my past in my past amen they're in my past for a reason i'm looking to accumulate some new people in my that, that have been part of my future amen and so we're talking about caring amen and, and, and as we saw God wants us to carry our cross. He wants us to pick up our cross. Amen. And there are three things that we must do about picking up our cross and carrying our cross. The first thing is that we have to learn how to carry our cross and not let our cross carry us. 
When you learn how to carry your cross, that means that you exert authority over the things in your life. You exert authority over the things that are, are trying to hit your life. When you're not learning how to carry your cross, you be carried away, amen? You be carried away back into a life that you already delivered from. And so the first thing we have to do is we need to learn how to carry our cross. We learn, carrying your cross is the first thing. The second thing is you have to carry it and not, not, not let it fall on other people. What that mean? You got to own your stuff. It ain't them. It's you. It's you. Sometimes we're so intentional about saying our problem is a result of other people. But we have to be deliberate by understanding that a lot of times it's us. And we have to pick that thing up. And we got to walk that thing out. We can't allow, and, and, and by you doing that, you don't allow it to fall upon other people. Other people don't feel as though they're guilty of causing you to act that way. Well, if you wouldn't have said that, I wouldn't have did this. No. Take ownership of your stuff. Carry your stuff. We're grown. You're a whole grown man. You're a whole grown woman. And you are still at 50, 60, 70, 40 years old accusing other people of sabotaging your life. When you the one opening your mouth, sabotaging your integrity and your character, you the one that's doing things to bring down your value. You, not other people. Let us look at us ourselves before we start looking and see what other people are doing to us. Because when you understand your book value, when you carry yourself like a true Christian, when you carry yourself like a believer, other people are forced to handle you the same way. When you carry yourself as a messy person, people are going to treat you like a messy person. When you carry yourself as a gossiper, people are going to treat you like a gossiper. The first person they're going to call is you. <laughs> you are the person, what's the, when they call the, call the phone, the per, the, you're the dispatcher. You're the dispatcher. You're the one that you could tell people what is, where the mess going on, what's the address, what's, you, you're the dispatcher. Amen. Own your stuff, amen. Learn how to carry your stuff. Take ownership of your stuff. Don't shift it onto other people. And the third thing is, you have to let your past die so that you can live. You can't allow your inability to receive, hinder your ability, inability, your inability to receive to hinder your ability to live. Because you're carrying so much, and as Christians, as, as, a, as a Christian man, as a Christian woman, you carry a whole lot. Some of you, you carry the, the mantle of husband, and, and, and you carry the, the mantle of father. You carry the mantle of breadwinner. Some of the women, you carry the mantle of wife and, and, and sister. And there's so many things that you carry, and as a result of carrying that, there's things that are connected to that. And it takes a real strong person to carry all that and still have a positive outlook on life. 
not to succumb to the weight in which you're carrying. Some of you are in school and you're carrying so much. And sometimes we don't understand that the reason why some people are the way they are is because of all the stuff that's piled up on top of them. Their reactions and the way that they speak and the way that they act is a result of everything that they've been going through. Chandra is in getting a doctorate now, right? She went through getting her master's and all that while working, while being a mother. And there's strength in that because she did that all on her own. She had no help, amen, except the Lord. Some of you have done the same stuff. You're carrying so much. And you refuse to crumble under the pressure of what you're carrying. And as a result of you carrying that, you're an example to other people and you're an inspiration to other people. God wants you to learn how to carry the loads in which you've been given and not carry stuff that you shouldn't be carrying. And even in your carrying, some people are carrying depression. Some people are carrying sickness and illness. And you will never know. Because God has girded their loins. Amen. The word tells that he will give you grace to carry that thing. Amen. And so for this season, I think that one of the most important things that we can do is to teach people how to carry on with life. Even when frustration, even when disappointment, even when loss happens, even when rebuke happens, even when correction happens, that you're able to carry on with your life and be effective in ministry, being effective for Jesus, being effective in the gospel. A lot of people don't know how to carry on in life. And sadly, we see people who take their lives as a result of not knowing how to carry on. We see people left and right who are just quitting and giving up because they don't know how to carry the weight of what and who they are. There's a saying that says that the truth is heavy. That's why most people don't carry it. And the truth of the matter is I'm someone who gone through some things in my life. And I remember, and I, it was this year, a feeling of overwhelming, overwhelming. And I was in my car and I was driving and, and I had just gotten off the phone ministering with someone and counseling with another person and going to work and things were happening and all that. And I just remember I had a red light and all of a sudden I just said, I'm not all right. And that's all I could say, I'm not all right. I'm not all right. And as I began to say, I'm not all right, Tears began to come to my eyes. And I'm going to tell you right now that your car sometimes is your altar. 
and it was there at that steering wheel as I was driving, and I'm saying, Lord, I'm not all right. I'm, I'm, I'm not all right. I'm not all right. And I began to cry, and I began to cry. And I'm driving around Hattiesburg, and man, I think people are probably looking at me crazy because I'm just driving, and, and I'm just saying, Lord, I'm not all right. And I remember distinctly him saying that you don't have to be. He said, you don't have to be. You know, as we carry our cross and, and your cross is the, it, it, the intent of your cross is so that you don't do stuff that the old you would do and, and do things that would, that would profit your flesh. And I remember having a conversation with this lady, and I had seen her in the bank all the time, and I hadn't seen her in a while. And so I went to a gas station, and I saw her, and we began to have a conversation. And we were talking, and, and, and it's amazing that me seeing her probably once a month, probably twice a month, and speaking to her, I didn't really know her. And we got to talking, and she was telling me about how her son was killed. And she said that her son was killed by one of his friends. And she said that the friend killed him and, and, and the guy didn't go to jail. And so she was having to see this man who killed her son free and not going through any type of, of, of justice. And she said one day she was out and she saw him. And she said that there was anger that just came up on the inside of her that she had never felt before she went home. And she said that she was sitting at home and a wind came through her house. And she said that when she was sitting there, she was praying to God and she said, God, why did my son have to die? Why did my son have to die? And she said that it's clear as day she heard God say, why did my son have to die? She said that God told her, she said, my son had to die so that you could, my son had to die so that you could forgive that guy for killing your son. And she said she saw that guy the next day. And she said that the Lord directed her to go to this man who had killed her son and to hug that man and to tell that man, I forgive you. And the reason I say that is because according to the world, it, would not, it shouldn't have profited her for going and giving that guy forgiveness. According to the world, she should have been bitter and she should have been angry and she should have took justice in her own hand. But when you die to self and when you live for Jesus, it profits you spiritually to do something like that. Yeah, we 
do a lot of things and we take losses at. There are certain relationships that we're associated with and it doesn't profit us being with those people. It's a loss. You lose a part of you for being with those people. Sometimes you lose uh, your mind <laughs> dealing with some crazy people. Sometimes you lose your sense of who you are. We're at a loss with some certain people. But with Jesus, it's nothing but gain. It has profited me so much having a relationship with Jesus. Everything that I lost as a result of giving my life to Jesus and, and to living for Jesus, I count it as gain now. Because God not only gives you what you lost, he gives you more. Not only does he give you more, but he gives you better quality. And so there is profit, there's an advantage, there's a benefit to giving your life to Christ. The advantage of eternal life, of his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, all these things. You can't put a price on. There are certain things in your life that you can't put a price on. You can't put a price on a good woman. There's a Jewish saying that all the blessings of a household comes through the wife. So a husband should honor them. I honor Pastor LaShawn on this morning because she is priceless to me. There's no amount of money that you can give me for her. Amen. Now, a bad woman, you probably pay somebody to take her from you. Amen. But there are certain things in this life that you can't put a price on. You can't put a price on true friendship. You can't put a price on a good woman. You can't put a price on a good man. And you can't put a price on your soul. Your soul is eternal, meaning that it lasts forever. And so the things that we find ourselves doing pulls down the price on your soul. And it grieves the heart of God when he sent Christ to die for us, to put us in a better position. And we still compromise. We'll never know how much it costs. As we get ready for communion, and this is Communion Sunday, and we talk about the blood of Jesus and how he died for us, how he carried the cross. And while I said that Jesus' cross was estimated to be 300 pounds, it was much heavier than that. Because upon that cross was every sin of every person ever born. And an innocent man had to carry that. So I'm thankful and I'm grateful as this is Thanksgiving month. Amen. For a savior who came that didn't profit him. 
But he did it so that we could reign with him. He did it so that we could be saved. He did it so that we didn't have to die. So, if you carry anything with you from this day, carry the fact that Jesus took on our sin so that we did not have to die, that we could live again. A man from Galilee who was flogged and who was beaten, who was mistreated, who didn't come just to rule but to serve. Let that carry off with you on this morning, amen? As we prepare for communion and Pastor Sean comes up here. Every situation that we find ourselves in, every situation that we find ourselves in, amen, the question should be asked, is it worth it? Every relationship, is it worth it? Every decision, is it worth it? Every choice, is it worth it? That's the measure of if it's a good thing or a bad thing, if it's a God thing or a good thing. Is it worth it? Does it bring God glory? Does it glorify God? Am I appeasing my flesh or am I appeasing my spirit? <laughs>